Hi, this is David from Wedding Business Growth. Wedding Business Growth is committed to helping you succeed in the wedding and events industry and grow your business in a sustainable way. Thank you for tuning into Wedding Business Growth Podcast. And now stay tuned for part two of this episode. Okay, so moving on to number three. Uh, depending on where you are, you may not be an expert yet. Okay, you got to pay your dues. If you have not, um, you know, if you have not been in the industry for a long time, it's interesting that if you think about it, so many people get into the event industry because they want to be their own boss, they want to work for themselves, and they love they love what they do. If you're a DJ, you love playing music. If you're a wedding planner, you love planning events. If you're a photographer, you love taking pictures. If you're a cake baker, you love making cakes, right? Um, but honestly, ask yourself, how much knowledge do you really have about running a business? How much formal training have you gone to school to learn how to run a business? Because all of us that own our businesses, we're going to be wearing two hats. We're going to be the one doing the business and we're going to be the one running the business. And we're all really good about doing the business, but we're not always so good about running the business. And it brings me to the thought process about the difference between being uh, to, <laughs> the difference between being stupid and ignorant. Have you ever heard of, heard of that? Heard the differences of those, Nick? Definitely. Yeah, I've definitely heard yeah. that before. Yeah. So ignorant means you just don't know any better. You just don't know yet, right? So you're right. ignorant to the situation. Stupid means that you know and you end up doing it anyway, yep. right? So I want to I want to set that that tone so that we can talk about the fact that a lot of people. I was one of them when I first started. I was ignorant to how to run a business. I wasn't. Nobody taught me anything. I knew how to DJ. I'd been DJing since I was in high school, but I had no idea how to run a business. Okay. Yep. One of the things that really kind of baffles me about our industry is why the, that we don't have this idea and this uh, okayness with apprenticeship, developing leadership, you know, and it's, it's really kind of a simple concept when you think about it. If you find somebody who is successful at what you want to do and you go to them humbly and say, listen, I want to do this. I don't know enough about the business yet. I don't know enough about how to really stand on my own two feet as a business yet. And maybe what you have to do, and Nick is a prime example of this, is go to somebody who doesn't do the same thing you do. Nick is in photo and videography. I'm in the DJ world. We don't compete against each other. So it's a comfortable, even playing field for us to have this relationship where I can apprentice him and I can help him learn and understand how to run his business properly. And if you don't take the time to do that and your ego gets in the way and you're like, oh, I know everything. I'll, you know, there's a lot of people that know everything that don't have a business anymore right now. I promise you that. There's far more people in our industry that thought they knew everything that can't even, you know, stay aboard and stay afloat to be able to have their business. So I really encourage you guys. And, you know, it's kind of the old concept. We have it up on the screen here. I do, you watch, we talk about it. I do, you help, and we talk about it. You do, I help, and we talk about it. You do, I watch, and we talk about it. And it's a simple process. It's a simple process. And a lot of this stuff when it comes to business is going to happen behind the scenes. It's not going to be out there, you know, uh, and, you know, uh, client facing during the event kind of kind of stuff. This is behind the scenes stuff, helping you to be able to really build your business and understand the necessities of what it takes to run a sustainable business. Nick, Definitely so. Dude, I mean, that's an absolutely uh, amazing point you made. Um, and one of the things that I can say is 
uh, it's been a blessing to to have to David here uh, to be able to do this uh, with him and, and work and and watch him uh, and see what he does and and honestly it's inspiring. Um, it's it's really awesome that we are uh, able to have the this kind of relationship. Um, but I, I will say I've also worked with uh, other videographers uh, too in the industry. You know, I've worked with um, a few other wedding uh, videographers, and I've also worked with uh, a, a couple uh, commercial videographers. And those experiences in the real world are absolutely amazing. I, I went to school for the stuff that I'm doing, but the practical application of seeing it happen and how how like an, a day operates, like doing a commercial shoot or you know seeing a wedding from start to finish, you know it takes a lot of humility to kind of be like, oh, you know, like I'm not there yet. And I think, I think I kind of wanted to be in the beginning as well. And then you, you have the stark realization that, man, I'm like, I'm not really ready for this yet, but I'm, I know, I, I know where I want to be and I, I know what I need to do to get there. And that's kind of where, where David and having these, you know, apprenticeships, so to speak, um, really comes into play. And man, it's been, it's been a blessing for sure. Well, I think anything that you can do that can help you accelerate the the path that you're trying to get to, how can yeah. that not be helpful, right? If it helps you accelerate to where you want to be, then it can be helpful. In your case, being able to work with other videographers, um, that happened because you're a genuine person. Um, you you came to them with respect. You came to them and said, hey, listen, I'm just a kid on the block. I'm trying to figure this out. If you're willing to teach me, I'm willing to be a student of the game and I'm willing yeah. to learn from and you know it, it's really simple just don't be a douche right like it, yeah, it really boils down to that <laughs> right? if you can just be a decent upstanding respectable person there is somebody out there there's two people on yeah. this right now me and nick that are willing to help you out however yep. we can and and we want to help you out we want to help you be successful the whole key to this thing is helping people be successful in whatever level they're trying to do whether it's at home whether it's in business whether you work for another company whether you run a company uh, on your own or you have people that work for you there, there's different levels as they say to it but it doesn't matter all of this is still applicable every bit of it is still applicable so Definitely. guys once again uh we, we love your comments we love your questions so keep those coming in the chat if you have comments if you have questions and we want to once again thank the the folks at djs helping djs along with the djs vault group for letting us um, you know, do this every week with the people that are in those groups. And we thank you guys for watching. Also, Wedding Business Growth. By the way, guys, if you have not gone and joined the Facebook group, uh, Wedding Business Growth, search that, join that. We'd love to have you guys join us in that group. Nick provides some really, really valuable content on written form uh, and yeah. a lot of the articles that he puts in that group. So don't miss those groups, guys. We have another article coming uh, kind of in, in this subject a little bit, but a little bit more to do with social media, which we'll, yeah. we'll probably get to at some point tonight. But um, that, I'm looking forward to reading that article myself. I haven't even read it yet. So I'm looking forward to reading that article um, that Nick put together for uh, Instagram and social media. And it's a deep dive, right? In that one? It's a it's a pretty deep dive. Yeah. And like I like not to toot my own horn, but I mean, I put a lot of research into those things. They're not just like off the top of my head. Like there's some stuff in there that I don't know that like I, I want to research and figure it out. Like it's honestly a cool part about writing it is like you become a better uh, like student of your own knowledge when you when you have the opportunity to write. So definitely a lot of thought that goes into those. Um, and we put them out every week. Uh, so it's it's free knowledge. So yeah, uh, if you're interested in getting that stuff, just go ahead and join the group. And it's a great community we have over there. Honestly, it's been it's been really awesome kind of getting to know everyone in there. So and getting to put these on every week is fun. So we love doing it. <laughs>
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, if you're just joining us, we're talking about the five things that uh, to determine whether you are crushing your business or your business might be crushing you. We are on uh, we are on number three. So we got two to go. And trust me, if you're watching, you want to stick around for number five, because I think number five is going to really surprise you and be something you maybe never thought about before. And so don't leave us stick around for number five. Thanks for being here. So here we go. We're moving on to number four. Number four, no, just know your shit. Know your shit. <laughs> right. So what do, I, what do I mean by that? Right. What do I mean by that? So um, this was the this was a funny thing for me when I got in when I got into my business. I told you earlier that I really had, I really didn't have any formal business training. And so I started thinking about the kind of money I wanted to make. And I was like, oh, I, I, you know, I think I think everybody uh, kind of feels like six figures becomes like successful. People feel like and especially nowadays, nowadays, you could just do a search for the six figure fill in the blank of whatever yeah. you want. And there's going to be a million things out there. There's going to be a million things out there about the six figure something. Right. Somebody said, amen. Right. So there, you know, there's going to be a million things out there about the six figure something. Okay. So yeah. that's great. Right. So let's, let's put that in the context. Let's say you want to make a hundred thousand dollars. Right. So a little simple math, let's do a little simple math. Let's say that you work 50, you work 50 events a week or in a week, Jesus Christ, you'd be going out of your mind. <laughs> All right. 50, 50, 50 weekends, 50 weekends a year. We're going to take out uh, we're going to take out two weekends because one of them might be, you know, like a holiday where you don't work. And one of them you might just didn't get this. Right. OK. Yep. And we're going to say that you simple math again, you charge a thousand dollars for an event. Right. So you're going to do two events every weekend. You're going to charge a thousand dollars. You're going to do it for 50 weeks, 50 weeks. What does that take you to? Simple math that takes yeah. you to one hundred thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're good to go. You're good to go, right? But are you? But are Probably you good not. to go? Probably because not. Because <laughs> think, think about this. You brought in to your business, you brought in $100,000. But you said you wanted to pay yourself $100,000. Right. So how do you pay for your equipment? How do you yeah. pay for your advertising? How do you pay for your marketing? How do you pay for uh, you know your insurance and all of the other aspects of running your business. How do you pay for your home? How do you pay for your vehicle, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Now, uh, now granted, some of the home and vehicle expenses could come out of that $100,000 salary that you want to pay yourself. But my point is that you have to really think about these things. So now let's look at another thing. We live in this hashtag CEO society, hashtag girl boss, hashtag boy boss, hashtag, yeah. you know, whatever. So you call yourself the CEO of your company. I wish we were in front of a live audience right now so I could ask how many people raise their hand to say they're the CEO of their company. I would love to see that. Um, <laughs> raise your hand if you're the president of your company, right? I'd love to see that. Well, I wanna talk about some national averages and this is information that you can look up on Google. This is not something I just made up. I did the research for you guys for this, okay? The average, Nick, the average salary for a CEO, now this is taking super, super large companies and then not so big companies, maybe some startup companies and combining all of these salaries, okay? So the average salary for a CEO is $809,000. Think about wow. that. <laughs> so if you call yourself a CEO, 
I want to know how many of you CEOs are making eight hundred nine thousand dollars. This is not this is not like a slap in the face. This is not a yeah. you know this is not meant to be a negative thing. It's meant to kind of be an eye opening thing for something for you to think about, because. I'm not saying don't be the CEO of your company. I'm just saying understand what that means. Understand what that really means. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's move on to president. Okay. Uh, you, you're the president of your company. The average salary of a president happens to fall in the realm of what we were just talking about. $110,000 a year. $110,000 a year, the average salary of a, of a president of a company. Okay. Um, again, this is taken into account big companies, small companies, and so on and so forth. An executive of a company. Average salary seventy five thousand dollars. A junior executive average salary forty nine thousand dollars. Okay, so if you think about my analogy I made earlier, and your company brought in that hundred thousand dollars, it's realistic to say that you could probably pay yourself an average junior executive salary of forty nine thousand dollars, and still have the other fifty one thousand dollars to you know cover your business expenses and so on and so forth. And I'm here to tell you right now, there's nothing wrong with that. That's not a terrible living. Almost $50,000 a year is not a terrible living. I wouldn't want that to be the goal that you would set for yourself, but I wouldn't be embarrassed if that's where you, where, what you accomplished either, okay? The point in all of this is to make sure that you understand that just because you bring in a certain amount of money, number one, that doesn't mean you make that amount of money. More importantly, that doesn't mean that you get to keep that amount of money. And it, most importantly, that, mean, that doesn't mean you get to save and invest in your future and your retirement with that kind of money. Yeah. Right? It's a great point. So that's, yeah. so those are things I really always encourage people to think about. And, and, and so when you're setting up your business plan and when you're setting up your pricing plan, you know, we hear these people in our industry always talk about, they always throw some figure out there saying like, you know, in the DJ industry for the longest time, it was this whole thing going around about everybody should charge $1,200, blah, 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 blah. And there was this whole, some people supported it. Some people were against it. Some people thought it was, you know, bullshit. Some people had all these different concepts about it. Okay. I'm not going to tell you how much money you should charge. The only thing I am going to tell you is that you need to reverse engineer what you're doing. And if you want to make, put in the bank for your future, for yourself, X amount of dollars, then you need to set that aside. Then you need to figure out what your expenses are. And then you need to figure out how realistically, how often you're going to be able to work. And then by that, you're going to have to figure out what you average need to charge in order to cover all of that. That salary for yourself, money to set aside for retirement, because I don't know many people in our industry that have any kind of 401k or any kind of retirement plan. You know what I mean? So start early. Like yeah. that's one of the things I've been pounding in your brain now, like start early, dude, if you could save $10, put that yeah. shit away, whatever it is, like save that money. Okay. Yeah. So, so whatever that amount of money is, whatever your expenses are tie, you know, divided by how many events you can do multiplied by how much you need to get to that. So reverse engineer all of that stuff. Okay. This is not simple. You just don't randomly pick out of the air. I'm going to charge $1,200 or I'm going to charge $900 or, you know, everybody else is charging $3,000. So I'm going to charge 2,500. So I'm less than everybody else. Well, that might be great, but is that going to get you, get you to where you want to go to? Cause it may right. not, it may not get you to where you want to go to. What are your thoughts on that? No, that, those are really great points. And honestly, this point 
was probably the number one thing that I was like slapped in the face with when I first started my business because I was that person that you were talking about where it's like, man, like I really don't know what to charge. Like, let's kind of see what the industry average is and, you know, kind of go with that. And I, what I was doing, which was also like, it wasn't totally wrong, but it was definitely not right was I was like calculating it out based on what I'd be making per hour. Um, but again, you're missing a huge point. Like you still need to allocate money for your business. It's not just like, oh, you get to profit all of that. Like, no, like there's equipment, there's advertising, there's all kinds of expenses you have, legal expenses, um, your licensing stuff that you have. If you have uh, subscriptions that you need for your business, um, there's all kinds of things that you really have to add up. And one thing that saved my life uh, was QuickBooks. Uh, absolutely helped me kind of uh, allocate that. No plug. I'm, we're not sponsored by them, <laughs> but um, yeah, that it really did help me. Uh, and that was kind of the biggest thing I had to get over was like you could go ahead and just slap fifty fifty percent right off the top of that because of your whatever you're charging because that's that needs to go towards maintaining the business for sure. Um, and another thing that David said um, was your uh, retirement. Um, I mean, I don't know how deep you want to get into finances here, but I mean, I've the Roth IRA for me has been an absolute saving grace. Um, and I just kind of contribute to that uh, on a monthly basis. So, uh, yeah, Roth, Roth IRAs for days. <laughs> yeah, no, that, those, those are great investments, man. Any kind of investment that you can do and you can do, um, you know, realistically and be able to do that, you know, you definitely yep. should do that. Um, hey, guys, if you have comments, if you have questions about what we're talking about tonight, please drop them in the chat. We want to hear from you guys. We want to get your thoughts on this. Agree, disagree. That's OK. That's the beauty yeah. of this. This is an open format. This is an open space. We don't expect you guys to agree with everything we say. We hope some of the things that we say will help you. You may have a better way. And if you do, we want to hear about it. And we want to share that with people. And we want to share that with the people that are working with us. Um, we just had another comment here. Same thing here. Best thing I ever used uh the, the self-employed there you go yep so yeah. I, I tell you i tell you right now guys uh this is important here's another topic i want to bring up that's kind of in this realm nick before we move on uh and that's people that do this um maybe you do something in the event industry uh kind of part-time you maybe call yourself full-time but you have a spouse that has uh, either you have a spouse that has a job that's a full-time income that takes care of your family household, or maybe you have a job that you work nine to five that's a full-time income, and this is a second side hustle job, whatever you want to call it. I implore you folks, I implore the people that do that, don't discredit yourself, don't discredit the industry, and don't discredit everybody's hard work by charging less because this is just extra money to go on vacation because you love planning weddings and sorry for all the air quotes but whatever the case is really i implore you guys you are just as valuable as somebody who is trying to do this full time you are just as valuable to the industry as somebody who wants to make this their career therefore Again, I implore you, don't discredit the industry by charging less for your services just because you justify that by saying, well, my husband or my wife or my significant other, they work a full-time job, they take care of the family. So I'm just doing this for some fun money, some part-time money so I can, you know, drive a Mercedes instead of Toyota or, you know, whatever it is you want to do. Like, 
there are people that are working their asses off in this industry to make this a full-time career. And it's important for all of us in the industry to help each other. We're all only as strong as the industry is itself. So again, I don't want to harp on it, but I just want to make it an important point, Nick, that you really have to think about that when you're setting up your business plan and you're coming into the industry. And that's a, a fantastic point too. Uh, uh, one thing I would make, uh, one thing I would say additionally to that uh, is if you are a weekend warrior, um, as I like to sometimes hear people refer to you as weekend warriors, uh, we've all been there. I mean, I was there in the beginning when I was first starting, like it, I had another job, like it's, it's a part of the game. I mean, sometimes if you, if you're just getting started, like that's, that's what you got to do. You should do what you do. But if that's all you want is to, Hey, I just want to work weekends. You should be using that money. Uh, I would say to grow the business more. I mean, there's so much more you could do either provide more value to your customers, like increase your production value, whatever that means. Uh, and if you could even grow out and expand, and if that's something you're in, interested in doing too, I mean, like, look at what David's doing. Like he has multiple DJs under him. Like, like imagine what you could do with that money. If you have your, if your basic expenses are covered, imagine what you could do with the money that you're making from your events. Like a hundred percent of that could be going towards advertising and growing and do But I, I get it. And I, I totally understand if you are, you know, you're like, Hey, I'm cool with just doing the weekends. You know, that's fine too. But you know, I, there's, there's a lot that you can do, I think with the, uh, with the extra cash for sure. Well, I think that, I think that the mindset needs to be, um, I can work as many or as little events as I want to work to, to yeah. justify what I want to make, but that should not be a deterring factor in what you charge per event. Definitely. Does that, Definitely. Does that make sense? Right. For so, sure. yeah. So like if you, if you want to work, um, you know, if you want to work one or two weekends a month, or if you want to work every weekend on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday of every weekend, that's great. Both of those scenarios are great, but neither one of those scenarios should be a deterrent, a determining factor in what you charge. Um, see, we just had, yeah, we just had a comment come in. Sure. If you want to be a weekend warrior, join a company and be a subcontractor. Yeah, yeah that's not, that's not too bad of advice. And that kind of goes back to my apprenticeship uh, conversation because not everybody is really in a position or not everybody mentally or just period are in a position to want to, um, you know, be the business owner and take on all the responsibilities of being a business owner. And so in, instead of you trying to do that and nickel and dime and charge everybody less money and blah, 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 go to a company. And let that come, let that company know, first of all, establish your value with that company. I think that's very important. So many people, and especially in the society we live in today, where everybody thinks they're owed everything. Nobody is, nobody owes you anything. I'm sorry to tell you that, but nobody owes you anything. Establish your value, establish your worth, and then have a conversation with that company and say, hey, I love doing this. I don't want to go out on my own. I'd like to make a little more money, maybe. Here's where I'm at. Can we make it work? The number one, that business owner should respect you. I think they're going to. If the value is there and the ability to make ends meet for both of you and make it a win-win situation, there's a good chance they might, you know, but pay your dues first. Don't just yeah. come in all, you know, chest poked out and I'm the greatest DJ, I'm the greatest this, I'm the greatest that when you haven't even proven yourself yet. But 
Again, I also want to make sure and make this point. I have no problem with people that are weekend warriors. I have no problem that are independent, single operators out there trying to make extra money to help their families, uh, you know, uh, uh, financial responsibilities and things like that. I have no problem with that. The only time I have a problem with it is when you use that as your reason for charging less for a service that I know you're going to claim that you provide the same service or better service. We've all heard this. We've all seen this. We've all been around this. You know what I mean? If you provide the same service or better service, then why are you charging so much less? You're selling yourself short and you're destroying the industry. You're not helping anybody. You might think you're helping yourself, but you're not helping anybody, yourself included. All right. I've harped on that enough. Nick, do you have anything mm -hmm. before we move on? No, those are good points there. Okay. Okay. I, I just, I don't want to harp on that forever. Okay. No, so number five, number five, this is my, it's not their fault times three. All right. Now, what does that mean? It's not their fault times three. Okay. So this is my take on referrals. How many, how many of us love referrals? If I, if I could look out in the room right now, my hand would go up. Nick, I know your yeah. hand would go up. Whose hand would go up? We yeah. all love referrals. Okay. However, sometimes there are situations that crop up that we don't understand certain issues about this. Okay. So I want to pose these scenarios to you. And then I want to offer you my, it's not their fault thought process on these. So number one, here's a scenario. Have you ever felt like you are the only one referring other vendors, but never feel like they are referring back to you? Have you ever felt that way? You're constantly referring other vendors business, but they're never referring business back to you. Here's, here's one of those things where I'm going to tell you right now, in my opinion, it's not their fault. And this is why not all the time, but as we all know in the succession of how different vendors get hired for events, depending on where you are in that succession, for example, if you're a venue or you're a wedding planner, you know, those are like the basically for the most part, the top two in, um, you know, those are like the top two when it comes to a wedding that are kind of getting secured first. OK, and then it kind of trickles down from there. Sometimes it's the DJ. Sometimes it's the food. It depends on what's most important to the client. Sometimes it's a photographer, whatever it is. It depends on what's most important to the client. So if you fall in that higher, uh, we'll call it the higher links of the food chain, if you're working at a venue, if you're a wedding planner, if you're on the higher links of that food chain, there's a good chance that you're going to be doing a lot more referring than you're going to get referrals back. Because by the time, for example, when it comes to me as a DJ, I'm, I'm almost 99% never going to be able to refer a wedding planner unless they don't have a wedding planner yet. And I can talk to them about the value of having a wedding planner. And I'll gladly do that because honestly, I love working with wedding planners. I think they help make my job easier. I think they help make the flow of everything happen much better. And it's one more ally that you have there behind the scenes with you to put out fires and make the event run smoothly. We're putting on like a live TV show. I say this all the time. We're putting on like a live television show. We don't have time to pause and tell the audience, close your eyes and close your ears and don't look and hear what's about to happen right now. Like it is happening whether you like it or not. So it's great to have that other set of eyes and ears in the background to help you with those behind the scenes things that go on. So 
my point in all of this is that if you feel like you're referring more than you're receiving, it could be that you might be in that, again, that kind of that line of, of responsibilities or line of when, when somebody picks something for their event, you may be too far down on that line or you may be too high on that line. So it could be either way. The best thing that you can do about that, though, the best thing that you can do about that, and I, and I, and I try to do this every single time somebody refers uh, a client to me, I want to, even though they've already hired that, let's say a wedding planner or a vendor, or excuse me, or a venue, right? Even though they've already hired that person, I want to reinforce to that, that individual that they made a smart decision. Oh, you're working with Katie and her crew at Coastal? They are phenomenal. They're great. We love working with them. We always have a good event with them. We always have a fun time behind the scenes with them. You're in great hands. That's not necessarily a referral, but that's reinforcing to that client that they made a good decision with that wedding planner. Also, what that's going to do is that's going to increase your credibility because that wedding planner told them to talk to you. And if you're telling them that they made a good decision in going with that wedding planner, then psychologically that tells them that they made a good decision contacting you because that wedding planner told them to do so. Does that make sense, Nick? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a phenomenal point. And one that I honestly uh, hadn't really thought about uh, what you can do is um, is kind of like, it's almost like a reverse type of uh, reverse referral or like a, I don't know how, yeah. how, what you want to call it, but it's definitely something that you can absolutely do to um, to kind of refer someone. Uh, no, we're not, we're not refer someone, but uh, confirm like a, like them as a person, like it, it helps strengthen the industry for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I just, I just encourage everybody to think about that and keep that in mind as, um, you know, as you go through your, your, you know, your day-to-day -day business when it comes to referrals and things like that. Okay. Thank you for listening to part two of this episode. Be sure to tune in next time for part three on the Wedding Business Growth Podcast.